0: Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network with the greatest retro pro wrestling podcast collaboration going today as we are the retro sexuals Kobe Nida and Dave Rosenbluth from Kicking Out at 2 and we are bringing to you Marking out the days, covering February the twenty-eighth in professional wrestling history, and I can't do this alone. I cannot drive the bus alone. I need my I need my co-pilot. I need the other the other half of the mm-hmm. retrosexuals. So allow me to introduce to you this week my main man, Kobe Knight. What's going on, brother?
1: What's up, Dave? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna insert the car crashing sound effect. That's before Razor Ramon or Mick Foley's song.
0: Okay. <laughs> Very cool yeah, i I'm, I'm me driving the
1: school bus <laughs> <laughs> Hang on kids
0: uh, How's it going Dave? Yeah I, I'm, I'm doing alright I can't complain, have no complaints here How about yourself?
1: Uh, same here, uh, we were just speaking before the show And it's an exciting week in wrestling it, It's an exciting time right now too We're on the road to Wrestlemania as well um, Just a fantastic time
0: Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, We, we, uh, you know, the the wrestling world this week saw um, Roman Reigns return and announced that he is in remission, uh, which is great news. Uh, You know, it's great to have him, you know, back and uh, look forward to what he's got planned um, in WWE. Uh, We, you know, of course, there's uh, the return of Batista on the same evening, starting a a storyline with uh, Triple H heading into WrestleMania. So uh, that's been a lot of fun, uh, you know, going over that and of course the Kofi Kingston WWE title situation mm-hmm. um you know I will say you know um I've been I've been called a WWE apologist or a clueless wrestling fan by um certain individuals a part of a certain uh um, groups on social media, wrestling groups on social media. Um, one of the guys is a real fucking dick. I got no problem saying that whatsoever. No way, Dave. But wrestling yeah. Oh, yeah. fans are
1: dicks and yeah. take it too it, seriously or something.
0: Yeah, this guy's a real douchebag. Like he <laughs> thinks so highly of himself, it's it's pathetic. But anyhow, um, and I'm not even gonna give. I'm not even gonna say his name because that means he's relevant, and <laughs> I don't I don't think that to be the case. But anyhow, um, I think the the buildup for WrestleMania this year has been. Pretty solid with what the girls have been doing with Rhonda and Becky and Charlotte, and then the stuff with Kofi, and uh, you know, um, even the, the 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 beginning of this Batista Triple H storyline. Um, it, it, it's been it's been pretty good stuff. Last few years hasn't felt like really big time when it comes to buildups for WrestleMania, but um, this past week between Raw and SmackDown, um, it's been some really good stuff. I will say,
1: yeah i agree um i actually have been watching the road to wrestlemania i've been keeping up with the raw and smackdown stuff since elimination chamber um and i've been thoroughly pleased with what i've seen and been watching um but enough about today's stuff let's let's get to the the history of this shortest month this actually might be our shortest episode um what do you got going on at kicking out at two and stuff going on this week or next week
0: well i'm gonna i'm gonna apologize to those of you that that, that tuned in last week because i told you all that um we were going to be covering uh, wrestlemania mvps Um, or no, I'm sorry. I told you we were going to be covering, um, uh, the, my favorite series with my buddy, Donnie, uh, covering Daniel Bryan's March to WrestleMania 30. I made, I made a boo-boo. Um, that's going to, that, that show is going to drop next week on March the 6th, um, you know, it's a watch along, watch party, if you will. So we're going to watch both of those Daniel Bryan matches from WrestleMania 30 and discuss the storyline um, that that he was involved in heading into that WrestleMania. as one of Donnie's favorites as well as one of my favorites. So I do want to apologize for those of you that were that, that do listen that were expecting to uh, to to for that episode to drop on kicking out at two. That's on March the sixth. However, this week just dropped yesterday. Um, as a matter of fact, is the um, lights, camera, body slam? As we discuss celebrity contributions in the world of professional wrestling, um, from you know WrestleMania role players, WCW's had dipped their toes in the celebrity water. The, uh, the 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 era of the Raw guest host Andy Kaufman, professional athletes, politicians, you name it, anyone that's been involved outside of wrestling in, uh, in an entertainment aspect, professional sports they've all dipped their toes in the wrestling ring so to speak we're going to cover all the good the bad and the ugly of that and we did that this week my brother justin returned my buddy my cousin bill brown joined me we had a lot of fun discussing that so you can find that over on our social media at facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two you can also find that link over on our twitter page our handle is at kicking out two k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two uh, yeah, all the archive shows link, uh, links are up over on our social media pages. So, uh, yeah, uh, the celebrity involvement in wrestling. Lights, Camera, Body Slam available right now. Next week, my favorites covering Daniel Bryan's march to WrestleMania 30. And that is what's going on in the land of KOA2. Kobe, can you please tell us and myself what what's going on in your neck of the woods?
1: Well, Retromania. Right now, we're we're getting ready for another Hulkamania is dead that is coming. Like I said, we're we're because it's WrestleMania Seven. We're working up to WrestleMania time um, to release that episode. So it kind of fills in a little bit with the timeline. Um, this is a you know choose your, choose our own destiny type of podcast where we have fantasy booked since 1984 without Hulk Hogan in WWF. It's a very interesting podcast. Um, it's a lot of fun too. We don't take ourselves that serious. Uh, I mean, just to give you an example, we have SD, the ultimate barber warrior, red rooster Jones, who was <laughs> a gimmick on top of a gimmick on top of oh, so, a gimmick.
0: So I have to, I have to ask you how did, and I, I don't follow as much of Hulkamania as dead. I've listened to a few, but how did SD Jones gain so many gimmicks all oh, in one man. shot?
1: It's, it's, you know, they have a box of gimmicks and he just picked out a handful. Um, it's been a trip. It's, it's a fun time with SD.
0: So he show. was like the kid that went trick or treating that he's supposed to take one candy out of the bowl, but he took a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So Fair he, enough. Yeah. So now he's
1: got a big <laughs> sweet tooth, AKA
0: he's got a lot of spots. Um, gotcha.
1: <laughs> so yeah. And he actually real life, he stuck around until 1995 wrestling. I was, I was like, what?
0: Holy shit. Really?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, at least with WWF, I think he was in there until 91 or 3, I think, almost. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. A long Holy career camera. for SD and WWF. Um oh, man. But, yeah, we have a lot of fun on that show. And then I am going to be releasing Gaijin Wrestling Radio. I've been very busy this week. Real life gets in the way sometimes. So that will be coming out this week. And then I'll have Match of the Month as well. Uh, better late than never. It's the last day of February, so uh, we'll have Guide to Wrestling Radio Match of the Month, a quick one for you, um, just a a little cleanser, a little palate taster, you know, a little appetizer if you will. There you um, go. But we have a main course coming up, WrestleMania weekend. That's the launching of the actual launching of RetroMania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. That's where you're going to find kicking out at two, RetroMania. Stuff like Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Hulkamania's is Dead, as well as some other shows. Um, I, I, I'm always impressed by the guests that you have, uh, Dave, and why don't you tell us about the newest member of the Retromania family and uh, what's going to be going on soon?
0: Yeah, um, joining us uh, as a part of this launch for WrestleMania weekend, I am proud to announce uh, BZ Carter and Roberto Tito. Martinez they are going to be launching the run-in it's going to be a debate style show very similar to pardon the interruption on ESPN where they're going to cover topics in the world of professional wrestling history on or excuse me in professional wrestling on a weekly basis some maybe maybe some stuff from the past maybe some stuff from current day but they're going to cover the landscape and what they're going to do is from what I was told by BZ himself is the debut show is going to cover all the events taking place during WrestleMania weekend. Not just WWE related stuff, but stuff going on at WrestleCon, Ring of Honor and the G1 Supercard with New Japan, House of Glory, Evolve, um, you name it—they're going to cover all the all the major. Uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break—they're going to cover all the major events that are taking place. Um, just give you a little bit of a preview as to what they what what their expectations are and what they're looking forward to with the weekend. Tito belongs to a group by the but called the Mania Club. They are a charity organization uh, in, in association with the V Foundation. All the proceeds from the Mania Club go to Connor's Cure, um, you know, fighting uh, pediatric cancer. There's going to be a Mania Club tailgate party in the parking lot of MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, the day of Very WrestleMania. Cool. Um, you can get your tickets over at uh, the Mania Club uh, Facebook page. It is titled Mania Club if you are a member. Or you could just ask uh, Tito, um, Roberto Martinez uh, about tickets as well. But, um uh, I might have I might have given away a little too much there but the run-in is going to be debuting WrestleMania weekend at some point like I said debate style kind of show it's very similar to pardon the interruption um definitely That's looking cool. forward yeah definitely looking forward to uh to what's planned uh between those guys uh i know both of them very well um you know bz I've, I've known for you know a little while now we we have a similar mindset when it comes to wrestling he's a really good dude and same thing with uh, tito uh i've hung out with tito a few times in fact we're going to be hanging out uh tomorrow evening at the mohegan sun casino in uncasville connecticut we're going to be attending the um Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard 83 week super show uh, Bruce Pritchard, Eric Bischoff And Conrad Thompson doing a live show So I'm um, going to get to hang out with Tito We'll, we'll, we'll chop it up and talk his Talk to podcast and uh, being a part of the retromania pro wrestling podcast network so uh, I- I'm looking forward to talking and giving you uh, you know giving you guys next week my uh, firsthand account as to uh, you know the goings on at the Bruce Pritchard Eric Bischoff live show um, from mohegan Sun but yeah, um, yeah I- awesome. I'm really Really excited about the run-in. Uh, definitely looking for, definitely looking forward to uh, a, a debate-style show. You don't get too many of those when it no. comes to podcasts. Everyone glad hands each other and agrees with each other because they don't because they don't want to com- create conflict and confrontation. But these two guys have a tendency to debate a lot on social media, so I would imagine that they're going to bring that to the podcast. So definitely That'll looking forward awesome. to it. And, and welcome aboard, Tito and BZ. Can't wait welcome, to have you. Welcome, welcome.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited. And as always. Follow us on Facebook at Retromania with the W, on Twitter, Retromania Pod, and then you can write to us, Retromania Retro Podcast at gmail.com. Um, keep up with us. We'll be giving you all the details about the launch. We're going to be on Podbean, and we'll be launching that weekend in the archive of Kicking Out at Two, as well as Retromania will be over there. And then the new show, The Run In. Uh, which I can't wait. That's cool that they're going to be uh, doing a lot of the indie stuff, everything going on the weekend um, of WrestleMania. It's very cool. Um, and then having that debate style. It's a little different than uh, what we bring to the table here at Marking Out the Days and what you bring to the table at Kicking Out of Two and what we do over at Retro Mania, Dead, and Gaijin. Um, yeah, we're going to have a lot of uh, wide variety of shows, wrestling shows, and that's why we're going to be... Uh, Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Um, like I said, it's not always old stuff. It's a retrospective show um, in general, looking back or talking about things. Um, but, you know, we'd like to have a variety like we're bringing to you now. I can't wait. So, yeah, uh, um, welcome along, BZ and Tito.
0: Yeah, a buffet, if you will, of pro wrestling podcasts, reflecting on the past, reflecting on the present, and maybe even reflecting on the future, but, um, you know, a fun, healthy, uh, discussion of professional wrestling, past and present, because some 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 of those podcasts out there have a tendency to uh, take it a little bit too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't take ourselves very seriously uh, on this show, as you can tell. You know, every week I, I try to break out some kind of impression to uh, right. to. To, to get Kobe laughing i don't know I don't know what I'm gonna bring to you this week. I don't know if we're gonna get a Pat Patterson running or if we're gonna get maybe a macho man or a Dusty Rhodes, but you know it'll come to me at some point um as as the as the, what? Rest of the show goes how about
1: on. how about a little stone cold? Just you know a maybe.
0: Bit. Maybe, uh, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I got, I got to get me a couple beers and me. Maybe I can, you know, maybe I could throw down a couple of Steve Wisers. I, 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 I really don't know. That's not my best Steve Austin. I'll be, I'll be back in the day. I could do Steve Austin better than Steve Austin. Yeah, I, now, I, as I've gotten I, older, it's fucking sucked.
1: Yeah, I, I just cracked my first Steve Weiser after a long shift today. So. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not deep enough
0: to get my, my,
1: my, Steve on, if you will. But, yeah. Goddamn, let's get this podcast on the road.
0: All right, you got it, Kobe Mania.
1: Uh, Dave, you want to start out with the, um, with the birthdays? We actually, yes, I, for the first time ever on the show, we don't have any death days, right?
0: No, no one has passed away on this day, which is a good thing, you know? Um, but, um, in regards to, um... In regards to birthdays here on Kicking Out, or I'm sorry, I'm talking Kicking Out too here on Marking Out the Days. The first birthday comes from February the 28th, 1939, The Missing Link. Canadian born from Kitchener, Ontario. Um, I'll be honest with you personally, for me, um, my only exposure to him was through the After magazines as a kid. Uh, I, didn't get a whole, I didn't get to see a whole lot of him, um, maybe... A couple of stuff from WCW um, and maybe some stuff from World Class, but I didn't get to see really enough of him growing up. I've seen stuff in later years, you know, with the advent of WWE <coughs> Network, but that's yeah. uh, that. That those are my those are my memories of uh, Missing Link. I always thought he was I thought he was cool looking when I was a kid. Same you know here. the paint and the hair. When I used to see him in the magazines, I'd be like, who is that guy? Yeah. Like, you know, wasn't like, he
1: on the cover of an ESPN?
0: Um, or ESPN? Yeah. Or Sport, Sports Illustrated. Or
1: Sports Illustrated, I'm sorry. Um, I think he was the one that was, like, famously on a cover, and I just remember that picture, you know, um, with the face paint, the blue face paint, and the black, um... Yeah, and just having that missing link
0: name. I don't know if he was on a Sports Illustrated. I know Hogan was. I know Hogan okay. was the first pro wrestler to be on Sports Illustrated, but I don't mm-hmm. know about Missing Link. But I do I think I know what picture you're talking about. Yes. Um with you know it's like a very extreme close-up shot of him um with maybe a blue background with the green face paint and the black mm-hmm. around the eyes. Yeah. I I, I wanna say that might have been either a Bill Apter magazine or maybe even a WWF magazine, because he did have, a sh- like, some brief stints um, okay. in, in the WWF. But I could be wrong. I don't really know, to be honest with you. Like I said, my, my exposure to him was very limited as a kid.
1: Right. Well, happy um, birthday to the missing link.
0: Yeah. Um, our next our next birthday comes... I, I was going to go chronologically, but I'm going to go... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip around here just a little bit. And I'm going to go to... Um, uh, February 28th, 1965, okay. as Norman Smiley was born on this day, former WCW hardcore champion, uh, screaming Norman Smiley with Ralfus. Um, now he's a coach at the WWE Performance Center, a big part of developing the talent down there in Orlando. Um, we've talked about him before, especially that stuff he did with, like, Chavo Guerrero.
2: Mm-hmm. And, the and Prince
0: Iakea and the recently. demon, the ki- yeah, the Kiss demon. That's right. I forgot he 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 committed larceny with with um, Dale Torborg's ring gear <laughs> um, and burglary. But um, yeah, Norman Smiley, um, a, a sound technician in the ring. Uh, I did enjoy. I, I will say I enjoyed his work as uh, Screaming Norman Smiley. I love the stuff he did with Ralphus in late two thousand with WCW. Yeah. Not yeah. you know, hey, product I hated was as the a best. kid,
1: but I I find it hysterical as I watched it you know later when i grew up
0: yeah yeah he was um he, he was he was underrated in terms of um as a comedy character um he okay. took something that like you know people would you know think is very silly and he made it very entertaining so um yeah, yeah. norman it's smiley
1: stuff wasn't so bad either when he no no like I, I said
0: no t- sound technician um yeah you know, for sure, but, like, he was missing something and, you know, putting him in the hardcore division and actually doing something with him um, gave, at least in my opinion, as a kid, 1999, um, gave you something to care about when it came to him because I didn't really when he used to come out with like you know the little you know wrestling shoes like the amateur wrestling shoes and his different colored tights they said magic on the back of them i was like who the fuck is this guy mm-hmm. like and they're actually taking him seriously they put him on a starcade with a prince like who the fuck is this guy yep. and then they they really did some stuff with him with the hardcore stuff so it was fun i like norman
1: yeah happy birthday to norman smiley
0: all right let's go um Let's go February 28th, 1973, Masato Tanaka, oh. former ECW World Heavyweight Champion, uh, big star in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, my first exposure to him was in 1999 when he was involved with the, um, the, the Mike Awesome-Taz match at um, uh, Anarchy Rules, ECW Anarchy Rules. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, those series of matches that he would have with Mike awesome in ECW for the title, November to Remember, um, and then, you know, uh, ser- you know, tag matches that he was involved in, uh, didn't really get a chance to watch any of his Japan stuff, um, but uh, yeah, my first exposure to him was during his time in ECW, um, man, I'll tell you something right now, um, you know, I'm no doctor, but, you know, watching the stuff he did with Mike Awesome, that motherfucker's got to have CTE. Like, oh, <laughs> dude, he's, he's like for real. wrestling. He's still oh, I know.
1: brutal. Um, yeah. I definitely, that was my first exposure, to is those ECW matches, and they were, those were awesome. And then the, uh, the rematch that they did with WWE version of ECW oh, was Jesus, bad yeah. either. Um, and they have he, one-night stand, yeah. Yeah, he's a guy that comes from the FMW uh, hardcore wrestling scene. Mm-hmm. Um, And Brass Knuckle, former Brass Knuckle champion, um, stuff like that. And now he's currently in Pro Wrestling Noah and um, splitting his time between um, Pro Wrestling Zero. So Zero-One. So uh, some hard-hitting stuff there. I love, man, he's got a great finisher. Because when I first started catching up with New Japan again, that was about 2010 or eleven. And he was wrestling, they were splitting matches with Noah because they had a working agreement with Noah. And I think he might have even briefly been signed with New Japan. But mm-hmm. he does that. He, his finisher is bouncing off the ropes and doing that. that um, he sits and hits you with the forearm in the face. It, he yeah. does it so fast, man. It is, oh, man, it's incredible. One of my favorite yeah. finishers. Um, yeah, and just a hard hitter.
0: Did you also know he had spent some time briefly in Mexico for AAA? No. Yeah, I was reading it when I was doing research for 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 this recording. Um yeah, he had had some I mean nothing significant, but he had he had wrestled some matches um brief stints here and there in uh Mexico for AAA which um is rather interesting. But Very um cool. yeah, Masato Tanaka still re- still wrestling uh making he made he's made some rare independent uh you know, uh, uh, appearances in the states in the last few years. I remember yeah. seeing um, even ROH. Yeah, yeah, they 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 picked him up for you know a match or two here and there. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, you know, if he's you know he's wrestling for 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 Pro Wrestling Noah in Japan. I heard a rumor recently that WWE is either supporting Pro Wrestling Noah or they have purchased Pro Wrestling Noah, and they're no going way. to be. Yeah, I, I, t- I don't know how true it is. Uh, so, like I said, it's just a rumor. I
1: thought they were working with Evolve and uh, Dragon Gate.
0: They, well, they are working with Evolve and uh, WWN, that's for sure. Okay. Um, that's almost like their feeder system to yeah, NXT. Yeah, we saw,
1: we saw Velveteen Dream at uh, in Joppa.
0: Okay, yeah. um, but Pro Wrestling Noah. I remember that they allowed um, Hideo Itami Kenta to work for oh, Noah yeah. uh, recently. Fu- Fuji- um,
1: Fujimori. Uh, yeah. M- Mayor. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, and I'm s- completely so...
0: botching the name. No. Oh, no. God, no. I, trust me. I, um, I've done it myself, too. Yeah. But, but, they, um, but
1: actually, now he's back. I think he's going to go back. Kenta left, right?
0: Yeah. He asked, his, he asked for his release, and he, he's, he's got it. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me down. I, the, from what I heard, like the you know the the relationship ended amicably um, between Kenta and WWE, and it wouldn't surprise me down the line if it's true that WWE did purchase Noah or they're financially supporting Noah. They're going to be the start. They're going to be like the the precursor to when they create NXT, the, the NXT Japan territory. Yeah, that um, that'd
1: be interesting because yeah, um, Marufuji is the one that he faced, and he was he's part of Noah, and that was that working agreement. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and they, hmm, they would have two aces there.
0: Yeah, with with Masato and, uh, and 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 Kenta, but yeah, Masato Tanaka, happy birthday!
1: Oh yeah, happy um, birthday to Masato Tanaka.
0: And the final birthday on the docket is probably the most famous out of this foursome here. He's a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, former Intercontinental Champion, former WCW television champion, former WCW tag team champion. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Ricky the born Dragon Steamboat. In nineteen fifty-three. Yes, he is. He's <laughs> never
1: cheated on his wife, ever. Don't ever question him about that, ever. <laughs> I don't know about that because there have you ever heard his music from WCW with that song? Yes, it's
0: god awful. I think Mick Foley sang it at his Hall of Fame induction speech in 2013 when I was there at Madison Square Garden. I was like, Jesus. what the fuck is Mick singing? The and only, then I feel like youtube it later and it was god awful.
1: Yeah, the only reason you're making that song is the cover up for a lie.
0: <laughs> well, didn't he do a storyline with him and Rick Rude in WCW where mm-hmm. um Rude brought out a couple of women saying that like Steamboat yep. had you know fooled around with them, trying yep. to tarnish his image. Okay, so then that was the pre, that was what was what eventually became the, the 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 theme song.
1: Yeah. Oh man, I'll cue it in. Maybe. Oh, maybe God. we'll start the episode with that. <laughs> Ricky Steamboat, the dragon. God, like how how do you botch that? How do you mess that oh, up? Oh, Man. It's Ricky Steamboat, the dragon.
2: Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that WCW Slam Jam album was uh, was was definitely climbing the charts of God knows what. It wasn't the Billboard's, that's for sure. But um, no, I mean Steamboat, you know, Hall of Famer. Um, you can't really find a bad match that Ricky Steamboat had. No, um, even to wait return
1: in WWE. Like, oh with jericho yeah 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 and the well, couple like, raw stuff that he didn't he work a couple raw matches
0: he worked so he worked the handicap match at that wrestlemania with piper and snooka but he had the longest um sequence with jericho in that match yeah which saw him do like the the skin the cat and then the you know the the cross body um off the top rope to jericho which got everyone going like holy cow like they should have just let this be the match and said right. screw Piper and Snuka, right. and then they had a rematch in a singles match at the next pay per view at Backlash. Um, oh no, you are right. They did Steamboat did wrestle on Raw. He was in a tag match the next night after WrestleMania. I believe he teamed with like Cena and uh, Mysterio and Punk and Jeff Hardy. It was like a like a WrestleMania All Stars match right. or something yeah, from it was like, like
1: a the following 10.
0: night. Yeah, so he had like a huge spot in the match And it was kind of like centered around like Him coming back or whatever um, But of course, you know, you can't talk about Ricky Steamboat Without talking about, you know, the great rivalry with Ric Flair where, You know, this year is the 30th anniversary of the tril- the 89 Trilogy We just uh, passed uh, the Chi-Town Rumble When Steamboat won the title from Flair um, In, uh, you know, just about a week, over a week ago 30 years ago Um so uh, yeah, I mean, you know his classic with Randy Savage. I can I can go on and on about you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know Steamboat and his accomplishments in wrestling. Um, stuff with Steve Austin and in WCW, the tag team stuff he even did with Shane Douglas was pretty good. And I'm not a big Shane Douglas guy, but they were a pretty good team. Um, yeah, Ricky Steamboat, one of the the all time greats. Um, in, in the history of wrestling, happy birthday to Ricky Steamboat the Dragon. <laughs> you um, definitely gotta splice that song in. <laughs> yeah, It's the worst. Oh um,
1: man, yeah. Happy birthday to Ricky, the dra- Ricky Steamboat the Dragon. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't really become accustomed to him until I was older and gained more uh, tape access. Of, I wasn't a big WCW tape guy. Uh, it was okay. sh- it was shoddy. Like I started getting into them when Blockbusters were closing down and stuff. You know, I was like, hmm, okay. more tr- trying to find more NWA WCW stuff um, because it just didn't make sense to me. Like I, I, like I, with the numbers of uh, <clears throat> WrestleMania. You know, I had years to follow. So it was yep. more it was easier to follow that way for me. Um, but yeah, okay. definitely a respectable, a respectable wrestler, like influential to a lot of people um, and, and a guy who was always a baby face.
0: Yeah, um, actually, you are kind of wrong about that. <laughs> um, uh, I, yeah, I don't mean to. to... Um, Is so it when he cheated
1: the... on his wife. Oh, no, sorry.
0: (laughs) Um, no, it was in, uh, 2002 in the early, early, early days of TNA when it was NWA TNA wrestling, Steamboat played, Steamboat's character, um, Steamboat came back and he was like a part of the, he was a ref for the main event with like when they, when they crowned AJ, when they crowned, uh, it was AJ Styles as the X division champion, um, and uh steamboat was a part of like the the championship committee or the board of directors of the nwa he was basically like an authority figure um uh, as a, uh, representing the national wrestling alliance and steamboat for and it didn't last very long but for like 2 or 3 weeks was um was a heel authority figure he had Crazy. he had he had some issues with um I don't know if you remember this wrestler. He wrestled in Puerto Rico, a big guy by the name of Apollo.
1: Yes. But he okay. he was working with the um Oh fuck. The SAS, right?
0: The the Spanish The Spanish announced the Spanish announced announce team?
1: No. <laughs> the SAT? Yeah, the SATs.
0: Yeah. yeah. So Steamboat was like the Steamboat was like the they 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 tried to do like a heel authority figure with him for like man. two weeks. I think I and nobody bought it. That. Yeah,
1: we were uh, that was like the weekly pay per view black box.
0: Show. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. I used to order those because they there's some we hidden the gems box, on that so, stuff. Yeah, some yeah. good stuff,
1: man. I I would love to see that library. Um, yeah, go back because I, I love the malice, the CM Punk stuff, like just random stuff that I remember. Ken Shamrock being their champion. r Truth, Ron yeah. the Truth Killings.
0: Um, when yeah. Raven debuted in TNA, mm-hmm. that stuff was good stuff too. Yeah. You know, the 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 what do you have the um the the hair match mm-hmm. with Shane Douglas and Jim Mitchell scalped him oh, on yeah. pay per view.
1: Yeah. Yep, with the yeah with the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, no it was way. wild.
0: Yeah, yeah he, he scal- yeah, he legit scalped him. It was wild, but yeah, Steamboat. Brief time in TNA didn't last very long. They were still actually at the same time trying to get their bearings and and really establish themselves. So they were just kind of testing just about yeah. anything out. Um, and there was really no explanation as to why he went back to being a good guy. Um, and then he just disappeared. So the start of TNA. Yeah, re- <laughs> yeah, the early days. Yeah, um, Ricky the not, Dragon. Steamboat. I know we've
1: been talking a lot about uh, the birthdays, but I mean, we. This is a shorter show, but tell me a little about. Do you, do you like were you a fan of Ricky's son?
0: Um Richie? Yes. You know, I got to I got to watch him wrestle once live at, oh, at wow. an independent yeah, at an independent show in Waterbury, Connecticut. This is before or
1: after NXT?
0: I believe this is before. Okay. Before he was signed okay. to them. Um I think this was like early Like, I want to say, like, his first or second year in the business. Mm, Okay. And um, Northeast Wrestling, uh, which is a popular promotion in the Connecticut area, um, they had signed him and, you know, recognized him as, you know, Ricky Steamboat's son. He was, I believe they billed him as Ricky Ricky Steamboat Jr. um, The Dragon Jr.? I don't even know if they used the dragon to be honest with you. I because I think um Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Senior was on the card or at least he had an appearance on the show. Um so, so he's Ricky I, Steamboat the Junior. Yeah.
2: Ricky, Ricky Steamboat, Steamboat the Junior.
0: The Junior. <laughs> Man. We're going <laughs> to we're going to beat that one to death, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. But um and I, I got to watch him and I honestly at that time I remember saying to myself, like, WWE needs to sign him. Like yeah. he's that good. Yeah. Like he was exciting to watch. And a lot of for people that man. Yeah. For, for for you know, people in that audience that, you know, weren't too familiar with, with his father, um, they got behind him and it was his match. I don't remember who it was against, but it was treated almost like a showcase match. Like this was like Richie steamboats, like big debut, so to speak. And, um, or at least they, they were trying to like market it as like, you know, the future of, of professional wrestling, you know, making his debut in Northeast wrestling. So he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, very exciting pulled out some of his dad's tricks with the crossbody, skin in the cat. Um, but he looked like he knew what he was doing for someone with limited in-ring experience. So, um, I was really looking forward when and eventually when WWE signed him, I was really looking forward to um, to seeing him on NXT. I was like, "Damn, like he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a big deal for them. Like he, you know. I was just I I, I saw a lot of promise because of, you know, who you know, who he's related to, his father, you know. Um, I think that went his, I would his, think
1: that went with a lot of his character too. He built the he, yeah, he he like he um he rode that charisma with yeah. that little feed from the audience too. I, I loved him. Um I, I was like I had high hopes for the guy. Um and I think WWE did too, and they they kind of paved the way for him to be the next Ricky, you know, the Dragon Steamboat. Um, all of his matches were built like that. And unfortunately he got saddled with that back injury.
0: Yeah, it was very unfortunate. I remember, um, meeting him in Atlanta at, uh, at WrestleMania 27, um, in the hotel, um, and I and, and I'm going to tell this. I'll I'll give you the cliff notes, but um, you know I'll be talking about this on our WrestleMania weekend memory show, which drops April the third when we debut the RetroMania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Yes, uh, but um, our hotel where we were staying had like a skywalk that was attached to the hotel that WWE was staying at. And we were right next door to them. And the hotel that they were staying at was the Hyatt Regency. And their Twitter account let it slip that WWE, you know, WrestleMania was staying at the hotel. Mm. So we we went over there. And they didn't prepare for all these wrestling fans to, like, show up. So... We parked it at the bar, and as long as we had an open tab, we could stay, so every night we we hung out with a lot of those guys, and the place was packed, like, um, and i met i i got to meet ricky the dragon steamboat um and take a picture with him and he was very nice and very respectful and he he and he lo- he looked over at me and he says i'd like to introduce you to my son he's gonna be wrestling he's the future and and he kind of introduced him like that and you know and he and and richie was like oh here you go dad put me over again like ha 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 so he shook my hand i got to meet richie and then um uh yeah that was about it it was just really quick and brief but um i remember even saying to richie i was like i saw i saw you wrestle for northeast wrestling a couple of years ago and you know I mean, i'm so glad that you're signed hopefully they do more he's like yeah me too like he, he just didn't i wouldn't say he didn't want to be um bothered but um i think he was one of those that like he was very modest like he didn't take like the compliments um very well right. so uh but he wasn't like rude or a jerk about it at all. Like he was appreciative at the same time. But he wasn't like he didn't let it get to his head um, cool. in my interactions with him. So yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that back injury did it. I had really high hopes. I thought we were going to see. Honestly, I thought we were going to see, you know, Flair Steamboat relived once again with oh, Reed Flair. The, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, and, and, and uh, Richie Steamboat, I'm and right of course there with you. You know, of course, he passed away unexpectedly um, of a drug overdose uh, just a few years following that meeting. They
1: signed him, correct?
0: Reed, yes. Um, I don't know if they signed him. I know that they. I know that he was working in Japan. Okay. um, And Flair was Flair was you know wanting him to work outside of WWE to kind of like earn his stripes. This is stories I've I've heard, but I'm I'm almost positive that like. It was a formality. He was going to be signed because he was Rick's kid, but um, F- Rick Flair wanted him to, you know, do the whole, you know, indie scene and 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 get experience before he went to the Performance Center and yeah. and and mixed it up with them. Now, am I the only that dumbass the case. that uh
1: that that had hopes that David Flair would
0: get better and get in shape? <laughs> um. You might be, because uh, I didn't really have any high hopes yeah. for. Um, I thought for, like uh, if he
1: would come back or something. You know, I don't know. But uh, when I found yeah, out he was dating, Stace-
0: I mean, come on. When I was when I found out he was dating Stacy Keebler, and then. They didn't they were no longer together. I was like, What the fuck did you do to screw that up? Right. <laughs> like for real. But, you know, yeah, going off on a tangent like we like I normally do. But yeah, R- Ricky Steamboat and his son and Richie having so much potential, um, and just unfortunately not, you know, being able to live up to that due yeah. to an injury. Um, I don't know what he's doing now, to be quite honest with you. I really don't know what he's up to now, but um yeah, that's that, that that that's my 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 chance, you know, my 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 one chance meeting uh Richie. Very cool. Richie I always love those. Steamboat the junior.
1: Yeah. Ricky Steamboat, uh Richie Steamboat the junior.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, get the shovel out. We're burying this one tonight. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so No, man, I'm cool with it. Yeah, nobody I'm died, cool but we're burying ourselves. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, you ready to actually start this day?
0: Yeah, let's let, let's begin. The bus is departing. Let's it is time it. for us to make our first stop. You tell us where we're headed, bud.
1: The oldest day to note on the WWE network. This can be found WWF All Stars Wrestling from February twenty eighth, nineteen eighty one. Five thousand oh, yeah. dollar Cobra Clutch Challenge continues with Sergeant Slaughter. He beats Quick draw mcgraw but quick draw mcgraw almost gets out twice and they're both carolina boys here sergeant slaughter respectively from south carolina quick draw mcgraw from north carolina um but quick draw uh shoots some blanks and falls victims of sergeant slaughter's cobra clutch challenge and he's still egging on pat patterson So we'll see what will happen there. And then a highlight from the show, intercontinental champion Pedro Morales beats the black demon who's wearing gray and purple. No black at all. Uh, Not not catchy, but whatever. You know, they used to just throw a mask on people and you're the black this, you're the demon because you have a mask on. It's like not even an intimidating mask at all. But yeah, Pedro Morales beats... The Black Demon in about five minutes with a Boston Crab. Pedro Morales making an appearance in 1981 as the Intercontinental Champion. This is the time where he was actually the Triple Crown, I believe. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, he was the first Triple Crown. Uh, or, I mean, yeah, I guess that's the Triple Crown. When you win all three, not at the same yep. time, but, you know,
0: yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. No, I get what you're saying.
1: So this is that run
0: where that's that
1: um yeah but you know interesting to have the champion appear on an enhancement show and give him about five minutes of a match but uh yeah don Morocco makes his wwf appearance for the first time he's with the grand wizard and don is a surfer and he's uh he's mixing up his singulars and plurals too guess where he's from
0: He's from uh, Hawaii.
1: Ah, but why he makes up singular plural? Hmm.
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, too, 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 too many, too many coconuts to the head, Mr. Yeah. Fujis. Uh,
1: he's coming <laughs> for Bob ba- Becklin and he didn't come here for so long because it's a scum area. He's talking shit about New York. And, um, Pat, pa- Pat Patterson is on commentary while Don Morocco has a match. And Pat Patterson says he's got a choke uh, near the lock, and uh, he's keeping Angelo Gomez from breeding. And uh, then he, <laughs> he, uh, he hit him with the tom and the throat. <laughs> That's my best Pat Patterson.
0: That's a good... You know what? It's improved, my friend. Your Pat Patterson... My, my Pat Patterson has morphed from being Pat Patterson to being fucking Borat, like in the <laughs> last couple of weeks. Your Pat Patterson has gotten a lot better, you know?
1: <laughs> Thanks. I'm watching a lot of uh, 81 WWF. But yeah, the tum to the throat and uh, Don Morocco wins. And then we have Rick Martell and Tony Gurria, the tag team champions, are so hot in this tag team in this territory. They're the WWF tag team champions at the time. They beat Johnny Rods and the hangman. And Rick Martell was wrestler of the year in 1980. I found out. uh, Oh, really? Yeah, this is 1981. So he's fast. He's agile. He's doing a lot of like inspiring moves. I think he's one of those inspirational wrestlers for people. And 1981 here in WWF,
0: you know? Yeah, Martell is one of the... Highly underrated performers in our business, in the business, our business, like I'm a wrestler. I'm talking like I'm one of the boys, um, which I'm totally not, by the way. Um, anyhow, I'm on the fan side um, uh, of things here. Let's not let's not get it twisted. Like most people who think they're in the fucking wrestling business when they have an opinion right. uh, behind it behind a keyboard. But anyhow, um, Martel, very underrated, um, someone who's. Uh, you know, as a performer, um, like you, like in 1980 with Tony Gurria, uh, one of the hottest stars at that time, um, I, I remember watching some older stuff with Martel and Gurria and the reactions Martel would get when he would either deliver the tag to Gurria or Gurria would bringing the hot tag was very similar to like those reactions that, that like females would have when like the Von Ericks would get in the ring or like Ricky Morton, yep. um, from the rock yep. and roll express. You would kind of hear that with Martel. Um, I loved Martel's stuff as the model. Um, I thought that was great stuff and you know, it, To me, um, I'm not sure why he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, I remember as a kid, and I'm not saying this to toot my own horn, but I remember as a kid I used to picture that like Rick Martel could have been the Intercontinental Champion, like as the model, like that's how good he was. Yeah, Um, and I feel Um, like he wasn't. um,
1: He wasn't an IC champion.
0: He was not. He he competed for the title. Oh my um, god! What a uh, shame. yeah, he was he was he did the, the the tag team thing with uh with uh Chico Santana. Right. Um, Strike Force. And his fl- and his girls and burrito, Cars. Girls and Cars, that's right. Um and then, you know, as the model, he didn't have any um success with a singles title. He did um wrestle. He was he T-DG. wrestled Razor Ramon. He, he he was the WCW Television Champion. Yes, you are correct, but I always felt like Martel could have done so much more at a mid card level, like than just be like you know what he was. Um, Agree. And you know, but not. I didn't feel that way as a kid. I'm saying this now, but as a kid, I did think to myself like I could have pick, I pictured Rick Martel eventually winning the Intercontinental title. Like that's how good Same he was. Same here.
1: Same here. I thought he was always in that contention. That's why I was confused. I thought possibly he had won that, but uh, no. Wow. But he does a sunset flip in this match and wins uh, for the team and just very impressive stuff. Like, like we were speaking about just 1981 for the time. I think he's influencing a lot of younger wrestlers. Same with the Bon Eric's at the time, you know, the young hot guys doing a lot of flashy moves. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So then the main event is Batman Stan Hansen having a squash match and that's about that for that episode and moving on with the day WCW NWA edition February 28th 1987 we started off with Nikita Koloff saying that Magnum T.A. is my friend and he's got like the the thickest russian accent because last week he kind of slipped up and then we got a we got a promo from uh, Ivan Koloff and it was Way thicker in Russian accent, and then Nikita said to himself probably
0: I need to thicken up my, my fake Russian accent <laughs> you know
1: he's not really russian
0: right correct yeah. i i've I've heard that he's uh he, he he's he's a, a regular American yeah. uh if that's what you want as, as old Archie Bunker would say yeah. <laughs> a regular American and they're gonna but yeah yeah
1: he's uh talking about talking about beating up the Russians because he's You know, teamed up with Dusty and Magnum TA. And that'll be coming up at the Omni. And uh, yeah, then we have Lex and Tully Blanchard having an enhancement match. That's Lex Luger, the new associate of the Four Horsemen. Then later in the show, we have Jim Cornette being told by Jim Crockett that his suspension is lifted after blowing a fireball in Ronnie Garvin's face. But he had to pay a fine. And they had to give back the tag team titles to Ron Garvin and Barry Windham. So, at the Boston Garden in April, um, it'll be Cornette and Ron Garvin in a cage. He'll get his
0: revenge. So, Ron Garvin, the stepfather of Jimmy Jam Garvin. Yes, indeed. As we talked about last week.
1: Yep. Then we get a cool appearance from the U.S. women's champion I didn't know existed, Misty Blue. You ever heard of her at all?
0: Um, I've never heard of the name. However, when you sent me that picture earlier today, um, in the text message, um, I saw the face and I was like, she looks awfully familiar. Where do I know her from? Like I've, like I met her before. Um, (laughs) where have I seen her? I should say. And then it dawned on me when I was a kid, um, famous wrestling photographer, George Napolitano, uh, came out with like a book on like some pictures that he had taken, um, over the years of his, of his time in wrestling and, I forget what the name of that book was uh, But it was like a huge It was this big book and it was just all colored pictures And like little captions underneath The pictures um, And there was a few pages Dedicated to women's wrestlers And um, Or women in wrestling And one of them was uh, Nancy Sullivan When she was the Valley for Doom uh, Medusa and then this girl Misty I don't remember if she was even called Misty Blue, but I just remembered she had like that blue um uh, uh eyeshadow and eye makeup around her eyes with that same like nineteen eighties grocery store clerk haircut that she was fucking wearing. Um and I want to say even the same like singlet, like the blue um, yeah. singlet that she was wearing. So um, she looked like the lady that was checking me out at the CVS <laughs> or at the, uh, the, the, the local food lion. For those of you, uh, you know, uh, retro sexuals out there that are 36 years old like myself that remember all old shit like that. Um, and I was like, oh, she was from that. She was from that book when I was a kid. Like, that's, that's cool. where I recognize her from. Yeah. yeah I didn't I, like I said. And didn't know if she was Misty Blue in the book. Don't remember. I don't have the book anymore. I think it. I think I lost it um, as a kid. But yeah, that's where I. That's where I recognized her from, and I was like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, and ne- there was. I never knew there was a women's U.S. title. That's interesting too. Same
1: here. That's what I was about to bring up. I never knew this title existed. I never knew she existed. The title looks cool. Um, I thought it did at least. Um, it was yeah, a no, I had a good look a nice to it. Nice little, you know, gold buckle and everything.
0: Yeah, no, it had a cool look to it. I liked it. I liked it. Um, but you know, as we as we've discussed before, fortunately at this time women's wrestling was was um was seen as like a, a special attraction. So yeah. um it wasn't a regular thing. And I'm sure that you know the th- this women's championship um wasn't seen for a very long time, if ever, after um, this appearance from Misty Blue coming to the oh, stage. Yeah. Misty Blue can't
1: wait to run down that match. It's coming up soon. Misty Blue has a match. He talks with David Crockett. Is that that's David Crockett with the beard?
0: Right. That is that is David. He yeah. is the that is worst. David by the way, he everyone just, says he's terrible. Oh, like, he
1: has the worst ADD and delivery, and he's just yeah, he's yeah, just not very good.
0: Um, at least I I can't stand him. Uh, I've heard other people say it too, and I don't. I I didn't. I've not really paying paid close attention to his commentary um, mm-hmm. over the years. I know that like I've heard him with Jim Ross before, and maybe even Tony Schiavone, but like I've never paid close attention to his commentary enough for me to say that he was terrible. But I've heard a lot of people like yourself say that, so now I'm going to have to go back and watch um, an old episode of uh, NWA Championship Wrestling and uh, find out for myself how bit bad David Crockett really was
1: yeah moving on with this episode uh, Dusty calls Dick Murdoch an egg fucking dog (laughs) and they're gonna get it on eventually because Dick Murdoch turned on Dusty and sided with the Russians then we have a promo from Lex Luger he says he's happy to be an associate of the most elite group in wrestling the elite I'm sorry the four horsemen and we have some infuding with the four horsemen, though. Oli punches Tully after a match that Oli and Arn have. Um, Oli Anderson, the old dog of the crew, fighting against Tully because he mentioned that Oli missed a wrestling show because Oli was watching his son wrestle. Sound familiar?
0: Yeah, I've, uh, I, I, yeah, 1998, Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. That's how familiar it sounds, yeah.
1: Interesting stuff, right? Yeah, so that's why the infighting is going on there. But we get this women's match. Oh, cool. It's Misty Blue going against whoever it is, but it's just a bunch of crotch shots. I sent you pictures earlier today.
0: Yeah, uh, I, su- yeah I saw that girl need to wear a bra, too. Yeah, her
1: opponent has no bra on. Um, <laughs> we'll We'll post them in the... And the links on Facebook, they actually have to blur out the opponent's crotch at one point because it's so. Really? High. Yes, that's the one. picture Oh my I goodness! Didn't send you.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, I'll, you know, what? shit. Let me go back and look. And at everybody in the crowd is
1: really creepy because it's that closed studio in WCW, and you hear just like, "Come on, baby, come on, baby." Oh yeah. Uh, it's like weird. And Tony and David are distracted, and Tony's like, "Sorry, it's it's hard to concentrate." And then. Ole comes out and argues with J.J. Dillon, we don't even see the finish of the fucking match. They don't even care. So, yeah, you're right. That title probably is not going to appear again. Uh, As J.J. Dillon's out there, Ole and Tully start fighting in the back, and then we go off the air.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at these pictures right now. Sorry to change the subject, but uh, it must have been cold in that TV studio because this girl <laughs> with no bra uh, looked like the turkey was ready. Yep. And then uh, the other shots here, these other crotch shots that you sent me here, um, yeah, they had to blur it. Out. There's one where, like, the like the the middle rope is, like, completely covering it, so, like, yeah. they were saved there. But then there's another one where it's, like, clear as day that they had to blur out that crotch shot. Yeah. Um and uh and then I'm also noticing the referee in this picture with that um that that god I used to think that was Hulk Hogan's brother because of the hair when I was a kid I used to think that was Hulk Hogan's brother. I was like, yeah Hulk Hogan's brother's a referee like i was- I was like sure as shit I was like as i was I was convinced as i was con- I was convinced that, that 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 was his brother I swear to god as 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 sure as the sunrise that was Hulk Hogan's brother that is so funny. honest to God. Yeah, I used to say it to my friends. I'd be like, that's Hulk Hogan's brother. He's the referee. And what was his name? Did you give him a name at all? I think his his name was Randy Hogan. (laughs) I swear to God. I'm not lying to you. But
1: there was a wrestler once in WCW that was Randy Hogan.
0: I've seen that picture, too. And I was like, oh, did the ref finally make it up to to the big boys and and the big boy status and become a, a wrestler, too? Yeah. The sick shit that goes on in my brain.
1: Uh, that's fun, uh, but yeah, that was nothing but a, but a mess there at the end, and poor Misty Blue, oh, and her opponent who was very cold, at the time.
0: Yeah, like I said, they must they must not have paid the the, the, the heat bill because uh, yeah, that turkey was ready and then some. Yeah, that's for sure.
1: That's about that for that episode. Uh, moving on with the day, WCCW. That's world-class championship wrestling down in Texas, February 28th, 1987. Ugh, uh, what a shitty product. Uh, No wonder they were getting yanked soon. Um, They talk about this mercenary Jeep Swinson, which doesn't sound intimidating at all. Does that sound like an an intimidating name, Jeep Swinson?
0: Jeep Swinson. Mercenary Jeep Swinson. Um, You get rid of the mercenary. The mercenary part is probably what saves it. But the Jeep Swinson sounds like a like Jeep Swinson sounds like the name of a detective from like a 1980s TV show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like 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 William Shatner could have been Jeep Swinson. Like if you canceled TJ Hooker I and you put William, found you know what I mean? A clue. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I am Jeep Swinson. <laughs> this week on Jeep Swinson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, the Swenson Files. <laughs> so I haven't seen
1: what he sounds like, but that's Gary Hart's new associate that's going to take out Red River Jack, who is Bruiser Brody under a mask. Really? Well, this, yeah, this is the time that Bruiser Brody is booking the territory, and he can't come over. So is he doing
0: moves. the old... Uh, is he doing the gimmick that Dusty did with the, um, the, the, the Night Ranger, or the Lone Ranger, mm-hmm. or the, the... He's got a white yeah. mask with uh, a white duster it's a badass white
1: duster by the way uh-huh. um and then jeans and red belt so yeah but gary hart's been calling him out he's like it's obvious that's bruiser brody they'll eventually collide um but tonight the main event it's an awesome blow-off match the long-awaited rematch of mike von Erich, who was sick nearly died came back should not be wrestling uh mike von Erich. Going against his old friend, Brian Adias, family friend. But Brian Adias turned on the family and joined Gary Hart. The announcer fucks up and says, This is a 61 hour time limit. I was like, Whoa, 61 hour time limit? Wow, that's, <laughs> that's be so alarm. fucking random. Yeah, no, 60 <laughs> minutes, but a one hour time limit. You know what I mean? But I thought it was fucking hilarious. I was like, Man, this is gonna be a 61 hour time limit. Um, yeah, so the match starts off. Bing, bing, bing! Drop kick to the back of Brian Adias. He runs into Gary Hart. Uh, Mike Von Erich rolls up Brian Adias. The referee pins the counts the four. One, two, three, four, and the match is over in five seconds. This big match that they built up for over a year goes like this, and it's over. And uh, Mike Von Erich will die in a month. Really? Yeah. He'll kill himself that quickly. Tomorrow.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, he yeah, he was one that killed himself. So he didn't kill himself. Yeah, that's that was why I'm bringing this up Except for so. Kevin.
1: That's the only reason. They're t- they're a terrible product at the time, but Mike Von Erich has a lot of personal problems. Uh, he's getting some DUIs and stuff and he's got some drug issues and uh territories in mess. And that's WCCW at the time in 1987, February 28th. Okay. Yeah. Ready to not the
0: not not the glory not the glory days. That's for sure. It sounds like no
1: no no. Those were about ten years ago. Yeah, Uh, seventy-seven. David Von Erich beat um, Harley Race, and was next in line to become the NWA champion. And then a couple years later, in nineteen eighty-four, he would eventually die in Japan. And then we have Kerry Von Erich having a um, a motorcycle accident, having his foot amputated. Michael almost dying last year, has not been a good time for the territory.
0: Certainly not the case. No.
1: You ready to move on to brighter days?
0: I am ready. Let's do it. Let's
1: do it. WWF, Monday Night Raw, <laughs> February 28th, 1994.
0: Yeah. Um, this the, the only notable... There's, there's two notable things that I took from this Raw after watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, the Shawn Michaels interview. Oh, um, yeah. I thought that was good stuff, the way it was produced, where Michaels kind of took over the microphone and Stan Lane was asking the questions, but you didn't see Stan Lane on camera. Yeah. You saw him in the beginning of the segment when Michaels took away the microphone and Diesel kind of shoved him, mm-hmm. but um, you didn't see him for the remainder of the interview. The best line out of that whole thing was that Stanley and the cameraman barge in, and Michaels has just got a towel on, and Diesel's standing there, and he's like, "He's like, all right, man, let me put something on first before we continue this interview." Camera cuts back to Stan Lane, like they're peering around the corner, and then Michaels is like, "Okay, I'm ready now." Yep. And the only thing he put back on was the Intercontinental title belt and the sunglasses.
1: Yeah, that bogus <laughs> Intercontinental
0: title belt. I thought that was hilarious. I just found that so funny. Very um, good. I like and, that spot and too.
1: I've, and then he said yeah. he was going to give Diesel the bogus Intercontinental Championship belt after he won, on. Uh,
0: <laughs> yes, because Diesel deserved it. That's what he said. And I was like, I was like, damn. And I wonder why they split up. Because you're about to give him a fake belt that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know who would have thunk it? But what I really took away from this episode was the opening match, oh. um, Macho Man and Yokozuna uh, for the WWF Championship. I thought that was a great match. Crowd was into it. Um, story was was well told. Um, with the yeah, implications a lot of, a lot of like, Savage distraction
1: can... stuff too with Cornette and Fuji.
0: Oh yeah, but no, it was it was still really good stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, the crowd, the story was story, t- eating it up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And that's a small little building in there too. So it wasn't like they were in front of like fifteen, fifteen thousand people. They were probably in front of fifteen hundred people. But it was loud in there, and it sounded like those guys were just you know um, had had them in the palm of their hand. Uh, and and it really like set the tone for um, you know it was a there was major implications going into that match because if Savage won, then he was going to replace Yoko. And go on to uh, WrestleMania to face Lex Luger. Um, So there was a lot of that going on. Even though Savage was advertised to face Crush, that would have changed had he been the champion. But overall, I loved the match. I thought it was great. And I remember as a kid hearing about the match taking place but I never got a chance to watch it live because I had a bedtime my parents you know made me go to bed on Monday nights before raw even started um, so my wrestling viewing was a lot was done a lot on the weekend with superstars and wrestling challenge mm-hmm. but um, I was glad I got to go back and watch this because this was a lot of fun and uh, even the finish at the end um, with crush getting involved and then the run-ins from Brett and Luger that was some pretty cool stuff that and cool the, the image that, seeing macho man raise the hand of both Brett and Lex and seeing that image in the crowd getting into it I was like it was pretty cool. I would have loved to have seen, um, I would love to have seen Savage more involved in the storylines. Um, I, I wanted to as a kid because I didn't like that he was a commentator. But looking back on it, watching and I was like, man, imagine if he was like a, a, a major focal point, like Brett and Luger was. That yeah. like that would have been some cool stuff, you know? Savage and Yoko more hell. Savage and Owen Hart, and, you know, imagine weird, the stuff uh, that they could have done there.
1: Yeah, it's really cool and not to. Not to cut you off, but it's no, like, no, the, by the, like Vince McMahon kept saying, like, certainly a Hall of Famer, Randy Macho Man Savage. Like, he's, like, hyping him so much, like the face of the company. And, uh, yeah. you know, you're without Hulk Hogan at the time, going against Yokozuna, and so many near falls in this match that the fans were, like, getting psyched out at. Um, and then, yeah, you know, that DQ... But it's and Vince says this this uh, the the DQ finish. He goes, this is comparable to Nancy Kerrigan.
0: Yeah, when when Nancy Kerrigan was robbed against Oksana Bayul at the Olympics, like yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, that that was rather silly. And he even brought it up again, like when they when they came back from commercial and showed the replay. Yeah, and he was he was just like, just like the Olympics. You know, macho Man was robbed like Nancy Kerrigan. Like yeah. he was really trying to drive home that like Because that was, you know, around the time when um you know, Nancy Ker- the, the Nancy Kerrigan uh, Tanya Harding uh, Tanya the Tanya Harding with the whole deal. Yeah. With the with the with the pipe and the knee, the back of the knee. So That's um, a
1: famous real life angle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a real life angle that who who wrote. So, so, all right, let's go off the beaten path here for a minute. So for those of you that for those of you that are not aware or that are not old enough to understand the conversation Kobe and myself are having right now, um, that's not related to this show whatsoever. um, Nancy Kerrigan was an Olympic figure skater and so was her. Her um, her her colleague her her Olympic counterpart, if you will, uh, Tanya Harding, and they were competing for um, Olympic gold um, at the 1994 Winter Olympics. And Nancy Kerrigan was attacked by a mysterious attacker with like a baton or a nightstick of some sorts. and it made the news. And it would eventually be revealed that Tanya Harding had knowledge of these people, um, you know, her boyfriend and the. The, the boyfriend's friend that set the whole thing up so that Tanya Harding could move on in the Olympics and and, and win Olympic gold. Um, and it was very, like, tabloidy. Like, it was like, that was like the early days of, like, um, like, yeah, I don't know, just kind of had, like, the, a,
1: the, the heels of, uh, who was the, the mob girl that killed a guy? Something, yeah, uh, something Fisher, and then Lorena Bobbitt stuff was coming up. Oh, know, like, oh this was Amy, all like Amy, F- Amy Fisher,
0: Amy Fisher, Amy Fisher was banging Joey Buttafucco, and she shot Joey Bodafuco's wife, um, in the in the face. But Joey Buttafucco's wife survived, and and it was revealed that Joey Buttafucco was nailing Amy Fisher. And yeah. but you know, long crazy story times, it's The '90s, yeah. Yeah, the nineties the nineties you thought the eighties was bad, man. The nineties was fucked up. Like really fucked up. Like it was so fucked up that people want to go back to the eighties. That's how fucked up the nineties was. But um yeah, so they, they tried to incorporate long story short, as I just went on this rant here in this tangent, um, they tried to uh, incorporate the the uh the, the story with Nancy Kerrigan in the Olympics to and relate it to Randy Savage's uh loss. Um, and and lost opportunity at the WWF Championship against Yokozuna. And as far as the rest of Raw goes... The rest of Raw was probably, I the the rest of Raw was probably probably booked better than the Nancy Kerrigan Tanya Harding angle. But the real question I have to ask you is that who booked the Nancy Kerrigan Tanya Harding angle in 1994 at the Olympics? Not sure. Who, who, who do you think would have written that?
1: Oh, that sounds um maybe your boy Bruce Prichard. Um, the Bruce, element Bruce of surprise. Looks... Um, but yeah. I, I could see, like, WWF almost stealing from this. What if the march to WrestleMania 12, or 11 for that matter, um, it, it's Diesel against his friend Shawn Michaels, and someone takes out Diesel's knee? Mm, interesting. Or, I'll know. be honest
0: with you. Yeah. The wrestling already recreated that Tanya Harding angle later that year in 1994 when... <laughs> um, Hulk Hogan wrestled Ric Flair at Clash of the Champions from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, in August of that year, and they did a masked man attacking Hogan from behind and with it a was baton. The they and it ended up being uh, yeah, Brother Brood Eye, the Butcher. But yeah, they recreated the Tanya Harding angle in WCW. Wow, back in, in the summer of ninety four. About that. Yeah. Well the yeah.
1: the only thing I'll note on this episode, Bam Bam Bigelow goes up against. A friend of mine, Mike Corey, he's from Maryland. He was an enhancement talent in the 90s. Uh, Vince keeps calling him Mike Curry. It's Mike Corey. Um, <laughs> Mike has a hard fart Hard fart victory. Sorry. A hard... A heart f- fart? A hard fart victory. That's uh, a... <laughs> who said that? I forget who said that, but somebody did. Uh, I think Daniel Bryan. Um, but yeah, so Mike has a... A decent match here, but he gets slammed a couple times. One, two, three. But, yeah, Mike Corey is a great guy. Um, Bouncer for uh, the DCW wrestling stuff that I was involved in and as well as a local bar that I go to. Um, Just a great guy and a lot of, like, knowledge about the business um, and cool stories from him. Um, Definitely shout out to Mike Corey.
0: Very cool. Very cool.
1: And the rest of the episode is, yeah, Earthquake squashes Gangrel in a mask. Gangrel is called the Black Phantom because he wears a black mask, and that's how
0: they do it. Yeah. Wait a minute, Gangrel was the was the guy under the mask? Yeah,
1: yeah, that was him.
0: I did not know that, no kidding. And
1: Earthquake was going to originally face Ludwig Borga at WrestleMania ten.
0: I know. I, when I was watching that earlier today, I was like, oh, I never knew that, but that was interesting.
1: Yeah. Really, really interesting. That probably would have been worse than what happens um, with now. Do you
0: do you think if Borga wasn't hurt that 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 them bringing in Earthquake was to build up Borga and have Borga beat like a big name, like a big guy? Yeah, because I think they were really
1: on. I, I remember didn't Bruce. I think Bruce talks about it. They were big on Ludwig.
0: Oh, they were building him up, yeah, and then unfortunately he broke his ankle, um, in uh, in the match with Rick Steiner in Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. um, a week before the Royal Rumble that year, and That's he the never one that came I back covered. after.
1: Uh, where it was Double yeah. DQ, yep,
0: yep, yeah. We we were talking about that on one of the early episodes of Marking Out the Days, but um, yeah, the Borga had uh, Borga was a, a name that they wanted to. Um, to really build up as as a top guy, and unfortunately it didn't work out for him. No. He was an intimidating looking motherfucker. Yeah, I'll say that. That's when I was a kid, I was like, "Ooh, Willie, yeah. look at that guy! He looks
1: like a He's '90s scary. Brock
0: Lesnar," in my opinion. Um, yeah, no, I, I I would have to agree.
1: So we go off the air with Vince saying, "Everybody have fun!" <laughs> Thanks, Vince. We will try.
0: Because uh, we didn't have fun for the hour that you guys were on TV. Nah, the first, the
1: first 20 minutes with that Savage Yokozuna match was entertaining. Um, but yeah, the rest kind of... Yeah. All right. And then the, uh, one of the second and last things of today, because this is such a short show. We're, we're flying right along, right? Uh, ECW yeah. TV, February 28th, 1995. It's the franchise talking about his triple threat, the original triple threat. It's Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, and the franchise Shane Douglas. Interesting, huh?
0: Yeah, they were um you know, I didn't I didn't watch ECW during this time. Didn't even know what ECW was during this time, but um they were, you know, looking back and watching some of the older st- stuff now. Um they were a pretty formidable trio in ECW. Yeah. Um and they were in, in many ways and I'm sure I'm sure Shane Douglas would probably deny this, but they were like ECW's version of the four horsemen oh, in some ways. This he, triple threat. He holds up you the know?
1: four in the in the promo. He's saying he's bearing it. He was replacing the four with the three. Uh, yeah. In that promo. Yeah. It's very uh like like we talked about last week, he's very um He's just like Ric Flair, but he doesn't want to admit it. You know.
0: Yeah, he's a fl. Yeah, he, he, yeah. He's a, he's a Ric Flair mark, and he can't. Yeah, he he can't bring himself to 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 own it up to that. But you know, yeah, it is what it is.
1: But nonetheless, a uh, a deadly trio for the time, and I wasn't aware of it either. Um, this is my first actual, you know, exposure to it. Honestly.
0: Yep. Okay.
1: Um later in the episode, we get Cactus Jack and Sandman brawling as Terry Funk comes out to help the Sandman. And they beat up Cactus Jack with a kendo stick. They keep smacking him over the head. Uh, Terry Funk and the Sandman have matching pajama pants. What are those type of like jogger parachute pants? But they're American Zubaz flags. pants. Yeah. Well, they're like they have an American flag on them. So they're not really Zumbas, but they're, like, they're puffy like the Zumbas.
0: They have, like, the Velcro waistband, like, around <laughs> the, like mm-hmm. the, yeah. yeah. I used to have a pair, of, I, you know what, I used to have a pair of WWF logo um, pants. They were, like, very neon color-like um, with the with the old, bulk, you know, big, bulky WWF That's logo. Yeah. super cool. Yeah. Um, I just saw a picture of those recently. Um, uh, Try to find them. A buddy of mine. Yeah, you know, I, I not I don't have the pants, but I just saw a picture of the pants in an old WWF magazine that I have um from the catalog. So, cool. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to find it and I'm going to uh I'm going to uh put it up on the uh, RetroMania uh social media. Sweet. Um yeah.
1: Yeah, but they they I like di- they're I like cute digging cute through stuff like with that with their with their pants
0: here. Cause Sandman and Funk, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, But they beat the hell out of uh, Cactus Jack. And Tommy Dreamer comes out to save Cactus Jack. Uh, He slaps the Sandman, but he gets beat down, too. And uh, then all of a sudden, the franchise Shane Douglas is down there. And you spoke of earlier, uh, Sullivan's wife,
0: Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. Nancy. Now, did Tommy Dreamer come out with booty shorts on? No, not or this week. He? Not this week. So, okay. So he was just a little just tougher than Tommy week. Dreamer. A little tougher yeah. looking. Okay. No booty shorts But he's right. getting beat gotcha. down,
1: and the franchise comes down with that ECW belt. Woman is saying, uh, well, Nancy Sullivan, rather, she's saying that Sandman, Terry Funk, and the franchise should be the triple threat. He kind of agrees, but then he smacks Terry and Sandman with the belt. And the crowd loves it, and they go off the air. Shane Douglas kind of seems like a face there, helping out former uh, trainee Cactus Jack. They were both trained mm-hmm. by Dominic DiNucci. That's uh, right. So some history there. And Cactus Jack, this is like the little last run that he has with ECW before he becomes Mankind, correct?
0: Um, What year is this? This is 95, February, 95. February of 95. Yeah. Um yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, this would be the last promotion he would work for before he would join the World Wrestling Federation. I believe he signed with WWF in late 95, like in December. Okay. And and then he didn't make his debut until April. Yeah. Um I could be wrong, but yeah, this is the last yeah, Cactus Jack in ECW was the um was the was the last promotion he worked for before he signed with the WWF.
1: Yeah, so some interesting stuff going on here in D- ECW. Um especially, I mean, just to bring it up, Nancy Sullivan is in ECW at the time, and so is Chris Benoit.
0: Interesting, interesting before they even uh before they met. Mm-hmm. Look at that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Yeah. Stuff there for ECW. That's about it. Um, and then Sunday Night Heat, 1999. The only thing I'll bring up here is uh, a big match that you would think would happen is Undertaker and Kurgan. Undertaker beats the hell out of Kurgan here. No, nah.
0: they wrestled. Yeah. No kidding. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, really, it's
1: one of those things. Yeah, like Attitude Era. Like you would think, like they try to push for that to put the Undertaker over to have a big match, but. If you go back and watch, you'll see why.
0: Well, I remember during this time, it was like, this was Undertaker Ministry of Darkness, correct? Yes, this is
1: 1999 I mean, he was doing stuff, with like, stuff, like corporation okay. and then the ministry, and they're almost yeah. about to,
0: you know... Merge? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so must Kurgan must have been part of the oddities then, mm-hmm. if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Okay. Interesting. You know what? Now I'm going to want to go back and watch that just because I don't remember seeing that. I might have saw it at that time because I did watch a lot of Sunday Night Heat. So yeah, okay, I'm going to have to go back and watch that. And then All the main right.
1: event is a no contest. It's China and Triple H, two future Hall of Famers. Yeah, they square and off, it, they square this off is in the for- main event. Kane comes out. Okay. And, uh, you know, stuff going on there with DX. And, uh, the corporation and, uh, all that good stuff during 1999.
0: Yeah. We've talked a little bit about the, the triple H China, uh, rivalry. Yeah. But it's that interesting them that had. they go
1: one-on-one here and it's a little bit of a, you know, match. Um, but yeah, they save it with the Kane stuff. And, uh, I think we're getting near the end of triple H interacting with China.
0: Okay, all right. You know what? I'm gonna go back and watch this Sunday Night Heat because there's some interesting stuff that you that you just brought up, yeah. especially that Kurgan Undertaker stuff. But yeah, I, a lot of stuff I don't even remember. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to go check it out.
1: Yep, and uh, that's about it for the day for me, honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. This oh, what, it, it was a short it was wait, a short one, wait, but that's wait cool with a me.
1: Okay. What happened in the year 2000? Wasn't somebody born oh. this day? We forgot no asked, the last right. birthday. We talked about sorry. this.
2: Let's, no, let's man. Flash no, don't
0: apologize. All the
1: way to the, the beginning. <laughs> Back again. Let's start this whole episode.
0: <laughs> no. uh, last birthday. Dave? Hit that rewind button on your podcast right now. I didn't do that. Welcome everyone to the Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your co-host Dave Rosaluth <laughs> along with Kobe Nida, and we are the Retrosexuals. And this is Marking Off the Days. Let's start with the birthdays. All right. Yeah. Now, on February the 28th in the year 2000, May Young gave birth to a hand. Ooh. Yes, indeed.
1: <laughs> yes, she did. May Young. She delivered a splash.
0: Uh, in a match where oh. she got splashed, right? Oh, okay. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. She, was she Crash of Crash Holly? Monday
1: Night Raw, yes. Yep. And uh, she was involved with Mark Henry. And uh, yeah, she delivered a splash to Crash Holly, actually. And then she was injured. She goes backstage, and we get the birth of a hand on TV, folks. The year was 2000. I remember watching this <laughs> and being like, what the fuck? I do, too.
0: The fuck? Um, actually, this was the night after the No Way Out pay-per-view. Um, and I was at that pay-per-view that night. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, um, I, which I'm going to cover at some point, probably next year, uh, to commemorate the 20th anniversary. Uh, it was my first ever pay-per-view event I ever went to. Oh, that's so um, cool. So I remember going to that event. It was a lot of fun. And then watching Raw the next night. And I just felt like there was just like a lot of crap. Like a lot of things I didn't like about that Raw. Like number one, like, you know, Cactus Jack, Mick Foley, retired, no longer part of the company. Wasn't sure if he was going to come back. Um, The the situation The Rock was in um, as a fan. This is not me like, you know, being armchair booker here. But as a fan, I was like, I was like, man, I like. I don't want, I didn't want to see the rock in the situation that he was in cuz he got screwed the night before. And what had um, happened
1: the night before?
0: Shane McMahon returned and helped the big show defeat the rock to become the number one contender to the WWF championship at WrestleMania. Um which got probably one of the biggest pops of the night. Yep. When he did return cuz it was like out of nowhere. Yeah. He had like n- no part of the storyline whatsoever. Um And then uh I'm trying to think what happened uh, that Oh, so anyhow that Raw was just very like it was I don't know, I just the whole you know I, I I guess I was coming off this high of how awesome the no way out event was and then when I watched Raw that next night I was just like I was like, Ugh, like this this wasn't last night, you know what I mean? Like this is what they're doing here, like, ugh. Yeah. I don't know, I just This didn't, is the build up
1: to WrestleMania two thousand, correct? Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is this was, was one of the
1: worst. I think Um, it just didn't have me excited for it.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, I was excited for the event, but
1: no, regardless of all the shit going into it. Yeah, but they could have, you know, the road to WrestleMania was sloppy because uh, I think they didn't know what they were doing. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, you had four. We had the first ever fatal four way for a main event. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah, it took a while to get there, too. But I mean, I guess, you know, it was I guess you could say it was part of the story and part of the build up with Rock having to go through all those obstacles, which really started that night um, as Triple H and Big Show, even though they were the WrestleMania opponents, they were opposing the Rock. um, Yep. You know, that evening. But, you know, the the hand, I didn't understand it. I, I still don't. I still don't. Even 19 years later, I still don't understand what the purpose of Mae Young giving birth to a hand. I will say, though, um, I watched that moment uh, recently to prepare for us talking about it in this recording. And um, thank you, Dave. I've heard. I What's that? I said, thank you, Dave.
2: <laughs> well, I sure did not.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I took one for the team. All right, dude, I got to watch. Yeah, I, I I took one for the team for us. All right, you know, I mean, you 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 do the heavy lifting for 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 this this show, but I I, I took the biggest hit of them all you this did. week and you had did. to watch that. But I remember hearing stories that Jerry Briscoe legitimately got like sick and was going to throw up when this happened and so i made sure i watched it back and he like legit had like a shoe a shoelace size, you know snot coming out of his nose oh. because he was going to throw up because of this this oh, rubber hand with this like pink jelly like coming out of it like oh my god like it was just it was just awful there was just like like i said that that raw like It it felt like to me as a fan, like you had this great show from the night before and it's like, all right, here's our here's our greatest hits, Mm -hmm. you know. And then it was like, and here's what we can do when we don't give a shit, (laughs) you know, the next night on Raw. And that's what it felt like.
1: Very true. Uh, So, yeah. Oh, what a time. What a time. Yeah, I I will. Sure. Like you think about like the ridiculous shit that we see now. But you can mm-hmm. always bring that moment up. And uh, that's the one, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's for sure. That's the jumping sure. the
1: shark moment.
0: Um, if I oh, that, that, fu- that fucking shark ate whoever was in the water. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> it at ate
1: the person in the water and left a hand.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's how that's how that's how it that came to be. That's how May. That's the the birth of May Young's hand came to be because some shark ate a human being. There we go. You solved the mystery. Attempting was, to jump the shark. Yeah, it ate. It the was human like a game of in the hand. It was like a game of pro wrestling clue. <laughs> it was the old lady in the dressing room with the rubber jelly hand.
1: Uh, well, Dave. Where can we find Kicking Out at Two and all those beautiful podcasts that you have with your illustrious guest over there?
0: Beautiful. Wow. That's very, that's very, <laughs> that, that's quite the intro. Beautiful. I like yeah. that. <laughs> I'm, I might, I might use that for, for an intro for next week. Um, you can find Kicking Out at Two each and every week over at SoundCloud.com. You're also going to be able to find archives of Kicking Out at 2 on Podbean when the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network launches WrestleMania Weekend starting April the 3rd, Wednesday, when we cover WrestleMania Weekend memories. But before we get there, this week you can find Kicking Out at 2 facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out at 2. We cover uh, Lights, Camera, Body Slam, Celebrity Involvement, in Professional Wrestling History. And next week, March the 6th, My Favorites with. Danielle Garcia, as we cover Daniel Bryan's march to WrestleMania 30. You can also find links to those shows over at, you know, like I said, the Facebook, as well as our Twitter handle is at kicking out Two K I C K-I-C-K-N-O-U-T and the number two. Um, I got some some bonus content coming your way um, in the very near future uh, on kicking out at two. Uh, WrestleMania-related. Don't know when I'm going to throw it out there, but I'm going to throw it out there to give you guys some extra bonus content, so be on the lookout for that in the coming weeks. Some uh, some WrestleMania-themed uh, watch-alongs, watch parties, if you will, uh, to get you ready for WrestleMania as we are on that road to WrestleMania on yeah. Kicking Out at 2. And, Kobe, why don't you let everybody know what's going on in your neck of the woods once again? Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, Retromania. We're going to be dropping Hulkmania's Dead episode 14, baby. We're getting ready for WrestleMania 7. It's going to be Ric Flair, who's the champion at the time right now in our alternate storyline, our alternate fantasy booked storyline. Um, who's going to be his challenger? We don't know because Sting didn't rightfully lose that title. And he was the champion prior to this. So it's going to be an interesting time, as well as episodes of Gaijin Wrestling Radio, following up on New Beginning, the preview of Honor Rising, and the stuff going on this weekend with New Japan. Um, actually, the following again. I'm sorry. Coming up with New Japan, they're going to be having some cards again. So that'll be... All previewed on Gaijin Wrestling Radio. You can find us on Facebook at Retromania with a W. You can write to us at Retromania at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Retromania Pod. And like Dave said, once we, launch, once we launch Podbean, we'll have the archive chronologically of both Kicking Out it Two and everything that Retromania has done. So you'll find that backlog there. Then you'll have new episodes of Kicking Out at Two, including the new show, The Run-In, with BZ Carter and Tito. And then you'll have all the shows from Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. And a little bit of a spoiler alert. We did do our top ten WrestleMania rundowns, and I had a great time doing that show. Um Yeah, it was a fun time, Um, just listening back to it. Um, We had had a lot of different WrestleManias in our top ten, which was very cool, and for very different reasons, which we give those reasons on that podcast. So I can't wait for everybody to check that out.
0: Yeah, it was a very diverse uh, list of, of WrestleMania top tens that you know I, I look forward to uh, going back and listening to myself um, as we get set for you know that show to launch as part of our bonus content for the RetroMania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on WrestleMania Weekend.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, so stay tuned on Dave's feed as well as mine, and we'll be giving you updates and more news as we get closer to the launch of the podcast network and I can't wait for it to launch. And then we'll be, uh, in one little base area and, uh, continuing on this cool community that we've built already. So, uh, yeah, as always, Dave, I will catch you next week. How's next week looking for us for marking out the days?
0: Uh, we're heavy on birthdays. That's for sure. Um, but we also have, um, I know we kind of de- I know we kind of set some guidelines in terms of, uh, you know, how far back we're going to cover, and so uh, we're going to kind of briefly touch upon um, an episode of Monday Night Raw from 2005, as well as an episode of SmackDown from 2002. The main event was The Rock taking on Scott Hall from the NWO as we were getting ready for the build up to WrestleMania 18, um, and I'm sure that there's plenty of other. Um, uh, major moments or not so important moments in wrestling history oh, um, f- from years prior with, you know, whether it be ECW, All-Star Wrestling or old, an old Monday Night Raw from 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, heavy on the birthday. So um, we got we got a pretty fun show planned for you next week. Yeah,
1: it'll be fun. Um, hopefully some more highlighting moments, uh, maybe another song we can rip on the whole time. Um,
0: there you go. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> as always, I had a great time, and uh, thanks for joining us on uh, Mania, the retros of. Uh, I'm trying to like put it like Ricky the Drag. I'm like, like trying to put it like that, but I can't. I, I'm failing you guys right now. Uh, <laughs> sorry,
0: it's officially dead. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> Pat, you want we, wanna... we said
0: we were gonna kill it.
1: Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I I buried it right there. Uh, Last grain of dirt on top of the plot. Okay, folks. Well, catch you next week. Dave, as always, it's a pleasure.
0: Thank you very much, my friend. Looking forward to it next week. All right, Bob.